Hey guys, welcome back to the post-fight reaction to UFC 275, I believe. Yes, UFC 275 in Singapore. Um, we thought it was, you know, not the strongest of cards, but boy, the, were the fights amazing. Uh, from bottom to the top of the card, uh, prelims, everything and all, what a great fight night it was. It was just, it was just a crazy night of fights overall. Um, obviously, main event was probably the greatest five-round fight I've ever saw, at least in the light heavyweight division, maybe topping... Jones Gustafson, that fight was just ridiculous. Obviously, you had the the Zhang Wei Li fight, which was amazing, and then um, Shevchenko. E even the Shevchenko fight, you know, uh, very, was competitive. Yeah, very competitive, which is something we haven't seen in like seventy fights from Shevchenko. So, um, I mean, let's just get right into it. Uh, we can start with uh, Falaho since we talked about him for a, li a little. Okay. Yeah. So, what was interesting when we recorded our preview for this card, we mentioned Fialho and then just kind of briefly spoke about the other three main event cards. Um, Fialho was at that time going to be leading the prelims, like starting it off. And we're like, you know, it's kind of interesting. The fight is like so early on considering that Fialho and Jake Matthews are some, you know, decently known names and, you know, Fialho being so active in all as of late. But, um, sure enough, today we found out that they had moved it in fact to the main card. Because, uh, Nate was, he, he his opponent got sick from weight cuts. So yeah. So canceled that fight. So, um, yeah, so that was... The second card, or second fight in the card, the first one being the Jack Delamadelina. So you want to cover that one first? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was pretty quick. Um, Jack was in a compromised position. He was in a, I believe it was a choke. Yes, choke on the ground. Mm -hmm. For uh, 10, 20 seconds, got out of it, reversed the position, stood up, and then knocked out. Um, Ramazan Amiv. Yeah, uh, Amiv. Uh, pretty quick. Uh, there wasn't really a shot that like dropped him, but it, I it was just a combination of punches, you know, yeah, shots to the body, everything. So he just fell to the ground. Fight was over real quick. Um, that fight, I think, lasted like two minutes. So, and then the uh, the one after obviously was Jake Matthews versus Fuyaho, and what a great fight that was. Um, just Jake Matthews looked really on point. Um, we were always talking about Andre's power, and it, I mean, it really wasn't shown in the fight at all. Jake Matthews was coming in and out. Speed was amazing. In that second round, I don't even think he obviously missed a shot, but. It didn't even look like he missed a shot. It was amazing. Yeah, and I remember we were kind of making fun of Jake Matthews because we play the UFC games. And Jake Matthews is one of those guys that you start fighting when your guys like, come into the UFC, he's climbing up the rankings. And he's one of those guys where like his strength is the ground game. And um, in the game, for example, he tries to strike with you and usually you'll knock him out. Now, um, in this fight, that did not happen. Jake Matthews looked very slick. He was putting great combinations together. He looked very fast. He was forcing Fialho to try to push the pace, come towards him. And when Fialho would miss his you know, first couple shots, he'd return a, you know, a couple quick jabs, hooks. Um, he was pretty much dictating where it went, even though Fialho was the one moving forward. Because I remember Fialho got him against the fence, but then Matthews was not moving. Like, he was forcing Fialho to go in through that first strike. And then when Fialho tried to make that first move... You know, Matthews just kind of like stood on the side on the angle towards the left and then just jab, jab and yeah. kind of caught Fialho off guard there. And even when they exchanged, it was Matthews landing all the combinations and yeah. one shot, stunning him on multiple occasions. There was like three or four times where he fell backwards, you know, into the into the cage. And Matthews was like on a, on a different level today uh, I, in this post fight. I think he said, what was it, like 50%? Yeah, he said, everything you've seen from me in the past was 50% of me and just get used to seeing more of what you've saw, seen tonight. Which, if so, would be really interesting for, for this, this division. It's yeah, he's, you know, we know he's got great ground game, you know, great submissions. Uh, and now, if you include that with his striking, 
from what we saw today, he could be a dangerous yes, guy man. going up the ranks. I just want to say uh, for Andre Filaho, um, you know, we thought he was going to break the record for most fights in a year, most wins in a year, but obviously that won't be the case now because he's suspended medically for 60 days minimum because he got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, no, he lit him up at the end there. He started putting those combinations together, and Fialho just didn't know what happened. Yeah. The, the speed made all the difference in this one. Uh, we thought Fialho would be able to, you know, exchange. And even though we were, he was getting caught early, we thought, you know, all it takes is one Shin shot. up, power yeah. will come through, but that wasn't the case. It was not the case. Speed kills. In this case, it did. Yes. So that was a good fight. Uh, Matthews outlanded him by more than twice the amount of strikes. And decided from that, good fight. And then moving <laughs> on to the rematch we were all waiting for. Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna Yongzhechik. Yes. Um, you know, at the start, it looked very similar to the first fight. I was in the, Both I was fighters, in the bathroom. I wasn't yes. watching. He missed the first minute or two. Yeah. But um, at the start, it seemed very much like the first fight. Mm. Both fighters were you know, landing really interesting exchanges. Joanna definitely had the speed advantage. Uh, Wei Li having the power, power advantage. Uh, they're both landing very good shots, but you could kind of tell that Whaley was just being slightly more effective just because of her power was you know, power kind of pushing Ioana back. But um, the one thing that really made a difference that I mentioned in our last episode was that you know Whaley might mix up those takedowns. And sure enough, you know when it looked really even on the feet, um, Whaley just took advantage of that ground game. And man, her ground game just looks excellent. Her takedowns look really strong. And like you were saying... From her, you know, like a preview watching or something, Joanna has one of the best takedown defenses and yes, physically. And in the last fight, she uh, stuffed seven of eight takedowns. So, yeah, I mean, Whitley just was a different planet uh, training with Henry Cejudo, at least. Um, I mean, her her strength is ridiculous for the division. It, it seems that like she can just rag all about everybody. The only person that um compares her in strength is Jessica Andrade, and she already knocked her the fuck out. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, it'll be interesting to see her and Carla face off, you know, as Carla's a very good wrestler in herself. Uh, I feel like it'll just be a standing battle. Uh, Carla, obviously, not the best stand-up, but that's for another podcast. But, yeah, it was a very impressive performance. Uh, you just wonder how you're going to beat her now. Uh, if she added that tools to her game, especially in the way we saw it in this fight. I mean, as said previously, uh, Joanna is known for a takedown defense, and it, it, looked, it looked like a breeze for Zhang Weili. Uh, yeah, once she wrapped her really arms shame. around her, she was just turning around, throwing her to the yeah. ground, just jumping on her or whatever. But, um, yeah, and Ioana still looked really good. Like, honestly, yeah. her speed was looking great. Her chin, as always, always holds up. Um, but in this case, Whaley, just the more active fighter, just well, seemed to make a little bit more yeah. difference. Yeah, and just landed the perfect shot. You know, Ioana uh, uh, coming in, spinning back fist right to the ear, you know, stuns you a little. And the way she fell, uh, she fell right on her belly, and I, I thought she was going to get back up. And then it was like she just, you know, went back to sleep for yeah, a minute. Yeah, she just stayed there. Yeah, so, I mean, she's retiring. If you guys didn't watch the you know, the fight, or you don't hear about it. She's retiring. Uh, she's hanging it up after 20 years in combat sports in general. What a career she had. You know, she was like the most dominant female champion ever. The boogie woman. Yeah, the boogie, the boogie woman, basically, for a while, until Rose obviously dethroned her. But she was just a joy to watch. Her striking was beautiful. And um, all the best to her in her career. You know, she wants to be a mom, wants to be a business woman, as she was saying. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it ends on a KO loss. But what a career she had in the UFC. You know, it seems like in the UFC... No matter how good you are, at some point, if you fight long enough, you'll get to a point where, like, the new up-and-coming fighters are just going to catch you. You're not going to compete. Yeah. And in this case, I'm not saying this is necessarily what happened, but, you know, Ioana's the older fighter here, and I guess she kind of went in. If you're not 100% committed to, you know, dedicating, you know, the next few years, then this might not be for you. And, like, 
her, she lost, and right away she knew she was out. So yeah. in this case, you know, you can't blame her. She tried. She made her millions. Uh, yeah, she made plenty of money. Now she's going to have a successful career after the fight, uh, after her fighting career it is. And, um, I mean, other than that, you know, congrats on the retirement, a great career, and looking forward to whatever is in her future. Exactly. And uh, for uh, Weili Zhang, obviously, uh, we're, uh, we just saw Joanna uh, get knocked out again. But uh, obviously for uh, Weili Zhang, I think, you know, the only thing here now is a top shot. I mean, there's no need to put Rose against her again for a third time. Uh, I don't want to see that. Uh, her versus Kara Sparza, part the fight to make for sure in Abu Dhabi. That's what uh, Zhang said. She wants to fight here in Abu Dhabi, neutral territory. And that's a very interesting fight. I mean, we've kind of Carla Sparza numerous times throughout this uh, run. And who knows? Uh, it'll be a good, clean fight. And I'm obviously picking Weili Zhang, even though I don't like her. But Yeah, I mean, it just seems like Weili's got that takedown defense. She's very, very strong. I don't know who's putting in that water over there. Oh, no. What do you think? I'm... <laughs> Sons there, but no, and John Jones is training with him too. GG. <laughs> no, but absolutely, Whaley would be the toughest matchup for Carla. She's not scared to go forward. You know, Rose seemed a little gun shy. And not scared of takedown, 100%. Yeah, no, she seems really comfortable just beginning taken down and having to use, use her strength to just pop back up. Um, and her striking is going to be levels ahead of Carla's, so she's not going to be scared on the feet whatsoever. She's going to push the pace, try to knock her out. And, I mean, she does not look like she's taking any steps backwards, so. I think the future for her looks very good, and I think I agree with you that she's got a very good shot at becoming a champion once yeah, again. Yeah, I just want to say, I even though I don't like her, but you got to respect her. Plus, you know, bouncing back from that awful loss of Rose the first time in TKO, you know, saying like, you know, coming up with all the excuses that the, you know the crowd was, you know, in my head, coming back and losing a close fight to Rose, you know, it didn't, you know, get in her head like, oh. I'm mean, not the best anymore. No, she came out and put on an absolute dominant performance against a girl who just went to war with her two years prior in one of the greatest human fights of all time. That's that's the way to bounce forward and keep going. Uh, but um, excited for the future for her. Next fight, we got Valentina Shevchenko versus Tiala Santos, and uh, we we didn't say it. We thought you know Shevchenko was gonna you know win, but you know there's always when a dominant champion comes up that there has to be somebody. To give them a challenge, because there's mm-hmm. no way that Shevchenko, even if it was a Amanda Nunez or the Peñas, would just, you know, walk through everybody. There had to be somebody in her division that would give her a run for her money and, you know, challenge her a bit. And that was Santos. Uh, obviously, on the feet, it wasn't close at all. In my opinion, like, not even close. But on the ground, Santos has strength, and she reversed positions numerous times, took down Shevchenko numerous times. And it was a close split decision loss for Santos. I mean, all credit to her. But, um... I mean, it was a good, it was an entertaining fight. You know, some people may call it boring, but you know, on my seat, you know, I loved Valentina, and she came up with a W. Yeah, I mean, it might not have been the highest pace or output on the feet or anything like that, but at least it was close. It was entertaining trying to see who could get the edge over who. You know, sometimes Shevchenko just goes in there, dominates, and you know, she might have a great highlight reel, you know, of performance, but. It might not be the most exciting fight because she's just so much better than her opponents. In this case, Tyler Santos proved to be extremely strong. She had no trouble, you know, grabbing Valentina, taking her down, uh, pretty much at will at sometimes, especially against the fence and stuff. Um, but yeah, Valentina looked good, you know. She, after that headbutt, it seemed like Tyler seemed a little bit more shy, you know. She wasn't really seeing well out of that right eye, and that's when Valentina knew to take advantage of that, try to, you know, up her output on the feet. And it definitely made the difference because I'm looking here at the stats. Um, Valentina had 77 significant strikes compared to Tyler Santos, 55 significant. 
and total strikes, Valentina had 234 to Tyler Santos 128. Both of them had three takedowns. Uh, only thing I'd say Tyler definitely had a little more control time on the ground, which is what really helped her win a couple of those rounds. And Tyler Santos had a f- three submission attempts, which were really close, it seemed like. But Valentina was able to fight it off, uh, you know, keep the cool, uh, don't fold under pressure. And she was able to fight it through and get back up on the feet. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the one thing I want to say about Santos, though, um, her takedown, well, you know, Valentina has been taking down in her career. It was the ability when Shevchenko was trying to take her down, taking her down, then sprawling and ending up in a diamond position. That was what really won her those rounds. Um, as for the scorecards, obviously everyone's, you know, in, you know, going crazy over the scorecards. You know, you had a 48-47, 48-47 for both fighters, and then a 49-46. For anyone saying Santos won the fight, you need to watch fights. You need to understand how they're judged. It is damage trumps all. So in those rounds where... Tyler Santos had control, like in the second. It doesn't matter because the the referee, um, I forgot his name already, uh, stood them up and Big John McCart. Or you, uh, I thought you talked about the rule book. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I can't, I can't remember his name. But yeah, the, he stood him up, and Shevchenko was the one doing the damage on the on the feet and yeah. on the ground. In the USC rule book, no matter what you say, it is damage trumps all. It trumps control, trumps submission attempts, trumps control, whatever it is. You know, so Shevchenko, in my opinion, she won the fight three two. I'm I'm not mad at all at the scorecard. It is what it is, and it, Santos didn't do enough to throw a champion as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Tyler Santos clearly won the first one. The second one, she had more gr- control time, but does that control equal the damage that Valentina was doing to her with the elbows, no. with the punches? Nope. Considering that Tyler Santos won her takedowns. Had to be separated because there was nothing going on. Yeah. So that just shows, like, if you have to be separated, you cannot win the round with that because what are you winning the round for if you have to be stopped from being it, so boring? Exactly. Control on the top does not mean fights are yeah. won. It's, it's not the way the UFC scores their fights. For sure. And then the third round, Tyler Santos came back strong. And then after that, it seemed like that headbutt was really bothering her. And that's when Valentina really took a big advantage on the feet. Um, other than that, not much else to say. Valentina kind of has gone through the division now. There's not really any matches for her left. Uh, as she said in her post-fight interview, she's ready for you know any bantamweight fight, anybody at flyweight, anybody. She's just ready for a fight. Anybody that wants to come get it can get it. Um, as for Tyler Santos, she looked. You know, she's in a great position. You know, she's done as well as anyone has ever done against Valentina, especially in the flyweight division. Um, She's going to be up top, probably number one contender for a while because yeah. she seems to be levels above you know, the other people in the division. And as long as she just keeps fighting forward and you know, defeating whoever gets put in front of her, she'll have a title shot in a short amount of time. Yes, and uh, also I see on Twitter you know, people calling for a rematch. These are the fights you do not run back. You know, it's a close fight. No action. It doesn't need to be run back. It just holds up a division. At least not immediately. Exactly. At least not immediately. This is the fight to hold up a division. You know, this doesn't need to be run back. Let Santos get another win or two. Because she obviously is still young in her career. Let her work on some things. Let her work on, you know, doing damage on the top. Her striking obviously was not anywhere near as good as Shevchenko's. So let her work for, work on that. Let her work on the cardio. She had a, a tremendous experience with Valentin Shevchenko, obviously one of the greatest fighters in the world. So we don't need to see that. I want to see Valentina move up. It's time. The only like other person in the top 10 that Shevchenko hasn't beat is Grasso. But there's no need for that right now. Let her move up. Fight the, the winner of Nunez-Pena. That's perfect. Save Nunez. Oh, God. But Nunez wins another trilogy. But whatever. It's time for her to move up. She hasn't lost like eight fights. She's defended the title seven times, which is ridiculous to even say. Seven times. That's amazing. But uh, I, th- I think the future is definitely bright for Valentina Shevchenko. 
and for Talia Santos. We'll see her definitely in the top picture again. And before we wrap this fight up, uh, one thing I really respect about Talia Santos was in the post-fight interview. Mm. You know, a lot of fighters Loose. always, you know, when there's a close fight, you know, they're like, you know, honestly, man, I feel like I won that fight. I thought yes. I did enough. But, you know, I'll be right back here soon. You know, what I really enjoyed about Tyler was the way DC asked her, you know, what, how did you feel about this? She's like, there's no point in complaining about this because the fight's over. She lost the fight, and she's young, and she said, I'll be back here. So it does yeah. not matter what the scorecards were. It is what it is. You just got to move on and, you know, just keep facing forward that you'll be back here soon. Yeah, I'm going to introduce something new. Uh, the, the clap. The clap for, for a fighter at the fight card. We'll give Tyler Santos the clap. Because, yeah. I mean, for being that young and, and fighting that well a fight, it was a really good fight. I mean, obviously, not the most fast-paced, but it was still entertaining to watch. So I, I, this fight card was amazing. Yeah. And now, lastly, last but not least, the, the main event of the night. Glover Teixeira defending his title against Yuri Prochaska. The greatest uh, light heavyweight fight ever and probably the greatest top fight. One of the craziest, most frustrating, yet exciting fights we've ever seen. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy that by the end of the fight, what we thought would be the advantage for each fighter was the opposite for the other. Yeah, by the fifth round. Um, yeah. I mean, we could go a little bit round by round, but um, I mean, what a fight it was. Yuri clearly had the advantage in the feet. Glover had a significant advantage on the ground. Was pretty much taking down Yuri with, you know, whenever yeah, he wanted. For the first when he grabbed his leg, he just lifted up and just fall on top of him. But what do we got to say, man? Yuri's scrambles are... Very, very underrated because yes. we're looking at those. He was flipping, you know, Glover. He was getting some top positions sometimes, yeah. and he was not scared, you know. Like we saw against uh, Glover against Jan. When Jan gave up his back, right away he he tapped. Like he didn't yeah. get the choke in. Like he was just, I'm, I'm done. Like yes. he knew it was over. Yuri did whatever he could to not give up his back. He said, you know, if I'm going to take elbows to the face, I'm going to take punch, I'm going to take damage. But I know if I can damage. I know if I could survive through that damage, I'll have a chance to get back on the feet maybe next round or in a few minutes or something and continue to do my own thing. Um, I really respected that because, you know, you give up your back, it's likely over against Glover, and he just did a phenomenal job defending those chokes. Yes. Um, you know, it was, it was frustrating to watch, though, as we saw in the first round. Uh, Yuri, you know, touching Glover a little, but he would give himself in these compromised positions because he was trying to lunge in with attacks, with elbows, with knees. He has an 80-inch reach to Glover's, I believe it was 76, 75 and a half, whatever it is. He has a 4-inch reach advantage. It wasn't the greatest game plan, lunging in with those knees, getting Glover close to you so he could take you down. And that's what happened in the first uh, round. He got taken down twice, I believe it was, and controlled. Uh, and there were some good shots landing on the ground. So here we got Sports Center on, and they're going by round by round of what happened. Here we're seeing that Glover took down uh, Yuri the first time. It was so effortless, just lifted his leg up. Then with like a minute and a half again, same thing. Then right there, there was a roll by Yuri that reminded us a lot of Tony Ferguson. With yes, those, he's, like, a, he's a light heavyweight Tony Ferguson. Yeah, we just use a lot of elbows, a lot of spinning, a lot of awkward style. Uh, Glover ended that round very strong and clearly won the first one. Then... Uh, Towards the end there, Prohaska was really interesting because Tixier was on the bombs. ground trying to call him, you know, jump on me. And Prohaska just came in and dumped some bombs. Yeah, and also, uh, especially on the ground, I, I want to say Glover, uh, not Glover, uh, Yuri's reversals were amazing. How he got out of that triangle choke, I have no idea. That thing looked, it was like, that it was, was so close to finishing the fight. That, I mean, Jan would have tapped because he already tapped from a, a baby rear naked choke. But, uh... It, 
I have no idea how you didn't tap. And then not only to reverse off that, like go to the side, get on top of Glover, who's a BJJ, second degree BJJ black belt, and then start landing bombs on him. Just, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, his ground game, well, not the best. His, his defense, his reversals, and his scrambles are very good. And I mean, it makes it for interesting fights like against Ankh Live, Paul, the Paul Craigs, the people who could take you down. And man, Glover, I can't say enough about Glover to share. Obviously, I wanted the division to move on with the younger champion, but you can't nothing but clap. This is this is a clap for Glover. Another respect. Yeah, this dude's forty two years old, looks much older, has taken some enormous hits during his career, and he ate year process best punches. He didn't get knocked down once. I mean, he got. He took a flying knee. He took flying knees. He took elbows. He was striking with Yuri in the fifth round and lighting him up on the feet, almost finishing him on the feet. I mean, Glover still has a lot in him. I thought he was out a few years ago, like, you know, against Tiago Santos, like, oh, he's going to get knocked out. Against Andy yeah. Smith, he's going to get knocked out. Against Jan, he's going to get knocked out. But, dude, enough of he this. keeps fighting. Enough for of him. this Glover's, you know, old. He's old, obviously, but the dude can fight and he has a heart and he has the will to fight because he was gassed in the second round. For sure. And he just kept pushing forward. What, no, after that second round, it looked like it was over. Prohaska had the momentum. Uh, he had just won a dominant round. Uh, I just watched the replay right there. Brasco was piecing him up in the second round. Glover's face was bloody. It looked like he was in deep trouble. He was attempting a couple of takedowns and couldn't even complete it. And I don't know how this went 25 minutes, honestly, or 24 and a half. But, um, I mean, Glover just fought through. He just found whatever had to be inside of him to you know, keep fighting forward, pushing himself. And another thing that's really impressive about Glover's fight Everybody was talking about, hey, you know, first and second round, he exposes his chin a lot. You know, if he gets hit, it's going to be a short night. Man, he lasted 25 minutes in there against Prohaska, one of the better strikers, one of the more powerful strikers. And he ate all those shots with ease. Like, he his chin did not him. look any worse. If anything, it looked improved. He, he was eating him. He ate flying knees. It was amazing to watch. And then, obviously, first round, Glover's. Second round, I would say, Yuri's. Third round was Glover's. Fourth round was, they said, I mean, one judge had to Glover's. What yeah. Two of them have Glover, one had Yuri. Okay, so, yeah, he was down, what, 3-1 on two judges' scorecards? And 2-2 two, two in another one. So, the fifth round, obviously, starting, we'll just give you a little, you know, rundown. Fifth round... Year was getting lit up on the feet, bad by Glover. I mean, some bombs were being landed, beautiful straights, hooks. Um, Yuri almost looked like he was on his feet, basically. And Glover, obviously, it's just the instinct in him to go for, for that takedown, for yeah. go for that submission. And he got uh, Yuri in a nice guillotine, but he slid right out of it and landed on top in the top. And I mean, it's just a mistake he made. It's his instinct to go for a submission in that scenario. It's, he's not a striker finisher. He's a, he's a submission artist. And it, it cost him then because if he, say, he lights up Yuri on the feet, I mean, it looks like he kind of caught Yuri, you know? Yeah. Because Yuri looks like he was about to fall down. And it, it ended up being his demise because then Yuri somehow, um, you know, emerged out of that bottom, eating elbows, punches, and got a beautiful tight. It was a tight choke. On Glover and Glover had a tap, and there was only thirty seconds left in the fight, and it's crazy to think about it, man. Thirty seconds left, twenty eight to be exact, and we're looking at Glover still the champion, defending his, I mean, defend his belt once, and we're looking at every match with Jan, but instead, Yuri Prasca, the new champion of the heavyweight division, for sure. And um, like you were saying with Yuri, you can't really blame Glover for going for that submission. I know the smart thing to do, if from our perspective, would be hey, just finish him with ground and pound yeah. or something. But in that moment, you know, you see a guy who's like completely wobbly, he's falling down. The guy's probably like thinking, hey, how can I stay awake? Not like, hey, I'm going to defend this choke. So, you know, by instinct, you jump on him, get his, you know, neck, he's distracted. 
uh, that would be the smart thing to do too. So you can't blame him there. Uh, I mean, what a fight by Glover, man. He had complete control there towards the end of the round too. On top of him, ground and pound elbows. Looked like Yuri was going to be lucky to survive that. He got into that arm triangle. Yes. Where his arm was like flopping around and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, he somehow fought out of that. Reversed uh, out of it. Reversed out of it. And then uh, Glover said it himself in the post-fight interview. Those body shots were doing some damage. He was tired. He was to the brink of death, honestly. Like When you think about what these guys pushed themselves through, all this pain they're dealing with, and they're just fighting through it, trying to, their best to succeed. Um, Glover tried his hardest. Sadly, came up 30 seconds short from defending his title. But, man, respect for Prohaska because even when the fight was over like that, where it seemed like you know he's getting pieced up, uh, he's getting destroyed on the ground, mauled, he still did not give up. And when he got a chance to get that choke in, man, he, he took, got it he and took he took full advantage of it. He took full advantage of it. It was a tight choke. And, and you saw Glover just tap, tap immediately with 28 seconds left. And uh, I was just, just looking at Twitter. Glover tweeted an hour ago, rematch at mm. UFC, at Yeri. Uh, this is one that, like, you know, people... It was a great fight, but I don't want to see rematch. Because then if Glover wins up a trilogy and is holding up a division that has very young, an up-and-coming fighter, Rachik, Ankalaev, Anthony Smith, you know, it's obviously a contender. So, I mean, Glover should fight for a number one contender spot. But, man, it was, it was a great fight, and uh, I don't even have enough to say about it. I mean, it was just... Probably the greatest fight I ever saw, you know, a five-round fight at least. From one to five, it would just mean a lot of screaming, you know, what is Yuri doing? You know, low IQ if he would just continue pounding his face away, stand him up. It was just ridiculous on all ends. And I, I, I can't wait to watch Jay Prosk in the future. I, I was sort of a fan of him coming in this fight. I don't know, I'm a huge fan. What an exciting fighter he is. For sure. You know, he's one of those guys who just fights with whatever. It seems like, I was saying, it seems like he's just starting his motions without knowing what yeah. he's going to do. Like, he's just throwing his arm. He's like, uh, maybe I'll just go with the, fall through with the punch. Or maybe I'll reverse and then throw an elbow. And if it's not there, maybe I'll just, like, spin around throw another elbow. It just doesn't seem like he even knows what's going on. And he's butter mashing UFC 4. For sure. I mean, that's what it looks like. He's going with the upwards elbows, yeah. side elbows, uh, flying, axe kicks. Flying all knees, types. question mark kicks. Every... Every strike you could think of, he was throwing. It was it was it was a beautiful display of striking. It for sure was, but sometimes you just gotta try to be effective with the jab. Just yeah. do the his simple jab things was right. Because yeah. his jab was picking Glover off apart. He was using his distance well at times, but then he'd get carried away and go with those flying knees, flying knees, flying knees, and Glover would catch him and you know throw him down. I just but, want um, to, I just want to see a basic one too. That's all I want to see. Yeah. I just want to see a jab right cross from here. It's like he, he just wanted like that <laughs> highlight real KO, you know? Yeah, he did. Well, he was said it himself. He was disappointed himself because he he definitely was going for that. He wanted the, the flying knee. I feel like he definitely wanted the flying knee knockout because mm-hmm. he went to that at least four to five times, and a few of them landed very well. And he told you early on. Remember that first round with like three minutes to go yeah. or something. He, you could tell he wound up for it, but he just didn't he commit. definitely wanted a flashy KO, and I mean. It was a great finish. It was amazing. I mean, if you bet, if somebody bet a hundred out there, they went sixteen hundred dollars because it was plus sixteen hundred for a for a Yuri submission. Amazing fight. Uh, but next up, in my opinion, Yuri versus Jan Blahovic for the title uh, in Europe. What a fight that would be! Pfft, amazing, amazing that would be. Yeah. So, I was just thinking while you're speaking about what is next. You know, for outlook for the division, uh, I thought Glover's gonna retire, especially after taking a beating like that. You think you know? I don't why, think he should now. Why do you you know like why is motivating you to keep fighting after something like this? Like you got nothing left to prove. I, I, you became a champion. You showed what heart you have. He's forty two, gonna be forty three in a couple months. 
you know, it's going to be tough because he's got to wait. He'll be lucky if he fights again this year. If he does, gets the win. Maybe he get himself in that title, you know, picture again. Title shot. Or title shot, shot, that is. Um, but then you'll be 43 and a half. And then, you know, how long are you really going to defend it for? Like, you're talking about, like, two to three fights minimum. I, I, I think it's his, his opinion is, you know, you're 42. Maybe if he won, fight Yan again. Or if he lost, retire. But after, he's probably thinking to himself, after I just went to war with a 28-year-old who's in his prime. I didn't get knocked down once. I was taking him down at will. I can hang with all these guys still. Yeah. He's thinking to himself, I destroyed Anthony Smith. I, I destroyed Tiago Santos. I submitted Jan Blachowicz, who's going to fight for the town next. Why would I retire? He's making money. And if he loves doing it, which I, it looks like he does, he was smiling on the way in like a candy in a, in, you know I mean, like a kid in a candy shop looked like. We were mentioned that he's smiling during the fight. I mean, why would you stop? I mean, he just went to war with Yuri Prasca, and he was, he was literally 28 seconds away from winning 4-1 and 3-2 on all three judges' scorecards, a unanimous decision victory. So, I mean, all, if, he, if he wants to continue, I will have no problems with that. I said for him to retire for it, but absolutely joy to watch. What a fight that was. All, all kudos to both of the fighters in the main event. So, with that being said, what I think should be next for the division is Yuri versus Jan, because, I mean, it just seems like Jan. Yeah. It, both the guys wanted Jan next for a title shot regardless. So, I think it should be Yuri versus Jan. Try to set that up in Europe somewhere. That would be mm-hmm. super exciting. And then, I know Dana was saying the winner of Anthony Smith versus Ed Clive gets towel shot next. But I would honestly pick that winner against Glover. Mm, yes. I really like that. I like it too. Because if Anthony Smith wins, it's a rematch. You know, he tries yes. to avenge it. And, you know, he's, up, he's been fighting really well as of late. And then if Ankalaev wins, I know they're saying, you know, Ankalaev's the boogeyman of the division. He's ready for his title shot. But, you know, with Yuri and Blahovich fighting, you have enough time to get, you know, another fight in between Glover and Ankalaev. Ankalaev, regardless, is not that most active of guys. Yeah. You know, as of late, he's fought, but before that, he took like a year or two off or something. But, um, yeah, honestly, I'd match up the winner of Anthony Smith versus Ankalaev versus Glover. Uh, whoever wins that then gets the title shot against the winner of Blahovich versus Yuri. Yeah, for sure. And if, man, if, if Ratchik didn't tear his ACL, I would love to see Ratchik versus Glover. Yeah. That would be another great fight. Uh, speaking of Rashik, I don't know if you saw this video. Like, literally, like a, it was like two weeks after he tore his ACL. He was like already doing um, like separating his legs, going up mm. and down, and it was like that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, it, like some dude tried, some dude duetted it, and he had torn ACL, and he tried doing it, and he just screamed in pain. So it was like ridiculous, like how fast these guys heal. But yeah, I mean, you laid out perfectly. I think Glover should fight the winner of uh, Ankalai versus Smith. Um, Smith at the rematch. Ankalai, obviously, if he beats Glover, then he gets the title shot. And um, Jan, even he beat uh, Rachik, who's a good contender. It, unfortunately, it stopped. But uh, yeah, give that uh, European showdown. Uh, it'd be it'd be great. It'd be a great fight. I mean, two strikers, uh, Yuri stand up insane. You know, Inferno. Uh, Jan, obviously, the legendary Polish power. It would be Czech Republic versus Poland. It'd be a great fight for Europe. And uh, man, it it fireworks for sure. Fireworks for sure. But I mean. That's our, uh, you know, analysis of the fight, you know, recapping, recapping the fight night. And obviously next week we got Emmett versus, um, Cater. yeah, Cater, which will be another banger. And then the week after that, obviously, uh, is Armin Suruki versus Gamrat, which is another great fight. And then UFC 276. Yeah, yeah UFC 276, which is uh, Israel Sanya versus Jerkanier, Volk versus Holloway. So many fights coming up, so many, you know, podcasts to come out, so many videos that are going to be coming out. 100%. And, I mean, just a gr- next month is a great month for fights. 100%. You got UFC 276, UFC 277, July 30th. Headlined by Pena versus um, 
Nunez, uh, yes. and then obviously in August, on some more great fights. So I mean, I'm just super excited for UFC's future. Uh, let's keep this chain going. You know, we had a few weak fight nights. Now a lot are coming up. Yep. Stay tuned for more.